0: We do have the best intro music. We have the best intro music of any Beers and
1: Bible podcast out there. Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast in the words of the reformer martin luther whoever drinks beer he is quick to sleep whoever sleeps long does not sin whoever does not sin enters heaven thus let us drink beer so let's join our hosts rick and patrick for this week's discussion
0: Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, episode numero Cinco. I wish we were recording this on May the 5th because then we could be like Cinco de Mayo. But we're not. But we're not. It's the middle of August. (laughs) It is the middle of August. Anyway, I'm your host, Rick. And I'm your other host, Patrick. And we are happy to be here with you for episode number five. We have really, really gotten into this thing, I think, maybe. No, I feel like we're getting deeper and deeper into it our systems are getting much more refined at least they feel more refined listeners <laughs> let us know if it's not as refined as we hey, think look, it is we want you to email us that's what we want you to do is we want you to email us and or hit us up on the twitters and the instagrams with direct you messages checking that email no we probably do maybe have they are emailing us and we just haven't been responding <laughs> we because we're <laughs> not good podcast hosts oh well if you've been reaching out our bad our bad. We will check it. I promise we're going to check the email soon, and we will respond. As soon as we're done recording this, we will that's what we'll stop do. what we're doing. Done. We're going to check the email. So, we're back for episode five, and today we have a new beer, both new to Patrick and myself, Yep. and this is the Big Wave Golden Ale from Kona Brewing Company. Yeah, um, so the name of the beer is a little misleading. Um, Kona sounds like it's going to be straight from the the Hawaiian Islands. Like Red Stripe is straight from Jamaica? Yeah. It, it sounds like it's going to be straight from the Hawaiian Islands. And while the Kona Brewing Company is based in uh, Kona, Hawaii, th- these beers were bottled in... It says brewed and bottled. Oh, brewed and bottled by, by Kona the Kona Brewing, Brewing Company. Fort Collins, Colorado. In Colorado. So For Co- Kona Brewing Company in Kona, Hawaii. So technically, are there two Kona Brewing companies? Then maybe there are. That's is misleading. It, is it like you know how you know how um, certain certain restaurants that serve certain mm-hmm. types of food will be like um, the number number one buffet, and then the number two buffet, and then the number three buffet, or restaurant? Yeah, yeah. So that's what it, that's what it makes me think of. Is this okay. Kona Brewing number one or Kona Brewing number two? I do not know. Couldn't tell you <laughs> which one is number Kona. Let us know which one is number one and which one is number two. Yeah, please do. At Kona Brewing.
1: It's legit though.
0: It's got Mahalo for drinking responsibly on the bottle. They're they're very Hawaiian in their theme. Mm -hmm. They're very Hawaiian in their bottling. I don't know how many Hawaiians are going to be on a canoe trying to get on a wave. Dude, a lot of them. Haven't you ever watched Moana? No, I have not. There's your problem. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they ride in Moana. So, obviously, this is true to form. Okay, cool. So, they followed what a Disney Wouldn't movie know. did. So Wouldn't know. Yeah. Even though they, they've been brewing since 1994. All right, let's see. We're going to read the bottle because that's what we do here. Uh, Year-round, the waves that roll onto Hawaiian beaches are some of the best in the world. Catch the crest of a breaking wave and ride it all the way in. There you go. You ever been surfing there, Rick? Uh, surfing in Hawaii? Surfing in general? I have been surfing, Yes. I have surfed before uh, since I since I have lived near a beach That's for, true. for some point in my life. I did surf. Um, I'm not going to say that I I was a good surfer, but I'm going to say that I paddled out on the board and I paddled back in on the board. So and you didn't fall off, and I did not die. Oh, you didn't die. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you're this, still sitting obvious, here. Obviously, I didn't die. Um, no, I've been I've actually been surfing in the Pacific Ocean before. Cool. That's where I learned how to surf was in the Pacific Ocean. It's a rather big ocean. It You're is and It is a, a hint as to holy where holy smokes cold. I believe that. It is holy smokes cold. Like, all right, so I have spent some of my life in the Gulf of Mexico area, and I have also spent some of my life in California. Okay. And that doesn't reveal too much, I don't it think. It doesn't reveal too much. That could be um, anybody. Except for me. I'm not Lived in either of those you places? You've never been to either of those places. I've been to one of them. Which one? The Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf area. of Mexico. Yeah. See, the Gulf of Mexico runs all the way from like Tampa and the Keys all the way over to like Louisiana. It runs further than that. well it no, goes to Texas too. Goes to, like but, Mexico. <laughs> but but we don't really count the Texans. Okay, that's fair. That's that's a total dive at people in Texas. For the record, yeah. yeah if, you, if you listen to us in Texas, we're sorry. Actually, yeah. I'm really sorry. I don't know how Rick is. I everybody am not feels- sorry. I'm not. I'm not sorry at all because. Never mind. So anyway, I have, here we are. I have nothing against Texans personally. Just for the record, I have nothing against Texans personally. I just think that Texans sometimes think they're greater than everybody else. So I mean, Texas is a, big, is a big place. It's true. Well, you can drive in Texas for almost 24 hours without leaving the state. Yeah. You say, how do you know that? I did that one time. Drove for 24 hours. Did not leave the state. It yeah, was amazing. Sounds about right. It was awful and amazing at the same time. If you do it right, you can do that in any state, though. Not true. If, if, if you I'm, I'm, if you do it right, is what I said. Well, oh, yeah, I'm I'm taking I'm, if you drove straight across the state, like picked a road and drove across the state. Oh yeah, then Texas is like the Texas only one. is the only or because, because I-10 in Texas is eight hundred and ninety-seven miles long. Just I-10, eight hundred and ninety-seven miles. That is almost a third of the United States. In one state. All right, so back to uh, back to the the big wave golden ale so, from Kona. So we're here with beer. Yeah, that is that, the was, that was a long <laughs> we make digression there. I don't <laughs> know <laughs> if we should, but you and know, maybe, whatever. Not, maybe not. Um So here we are. We've got the Kona Brewing, and we we talked about last week how we should time this. We can't time it this week because we have to pop the tops off, and we only have one uh, bottle opener, and it's, and it's not, not a, a screwdriver. I just tried. Beers that are twist tops. Never mind, because I drink beers that are twist tops. Yeah. So anyway, here is... I'm going to crack this guy open. Mm, there you go. That's good stuff right there. And I'm going to pour it up while I'm talking. Let's see if I can get it close to the microphone. I do not personally oh, actually, actually own a... Oh, okay. <laughs> God. What'd you do? I don't know. Okay. I forgot to spill here. I'm just going to not do that anymore is what I'm going to do. So I don't actually personally own a... Just a bottle opener at the house. Um, Dude, but did you, you know... Do guys. you have a countertop? Do I have a countertop? Yes. Um, let me finish my story, will you? <laughs> you? have a bottle opener if you have a countertop. No, that's listen. So, you right. know that kitchen shears actually have bottle openers on them? Yes, I did know that. So, that's what I use. So, I don't have like a just bottle opener tool. Or, you could Baker Mayfield that thing and just bite it. Have you seen As the video? As we discussed <laughs> in the episode, whenever it was, I guess it was shotgunning beer last yeah. week. Um. I would hurt myself, yes. and I don't want to do that, have and you, I don't want to spill beer. Have you seen the video of Baker Mayfield shotgunning that beer? I have. That was impressive. I think I watched it after last week's episode. And I, I think was I'd like, seen it before. I was like, oh, man. I wish I'd have seen this because I mentioned shotgunning a beer. Yeah, but. so anyway, so Kona Kona Brewing Company. Here we are. are uh, we're beer. 10 minutes in, and we haven't done anything yet. No, no we haven't. They uh, began in 1994. That's when they began brewing mm-hmm. uh, stuff. They're, these beers, as we discussed, were bottled in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, what is of, a bitterness scale? I don't I've know. never seen that. That's uh, whatever well, the bitterness scale is. It's twenty one. Yeah, let me, let, let me show you here. Jump over on their bitterness. Website. It says twenty one IBU. So if, never, I haven't seen that on any of the other ones that we've so, done. No, I haven't. And we're finding <laughs> we're finding out that most beer companies don't have like the same information no. for their beers. It's they just cheat really. their So if anyone knows what an IBU is, in it is in regards to beer bitterness. International Bitterness Utopia. Okay, cool. I don't know if that's true or not, but whatever. Um, ABV is a 4.4%, which is how proof there, uh, That's going to be 8.8 8 proof. Okay, there you go. Just double it. You double the percentage and you get your yeah, proof. I, I was giving you that one. I, I know the math, so <laughs> from a couple episodes back, I learned what the math is. So um, In the uh, website there, um, which I believe is Kona com, says that this is going to pair well with Seafood or poultry, or salad. If you eat salad, <laughs> or uh, or like pasta. Hey, Kona. This. And I'm just gonna side note here for for one second. Just go ahead and take that salad thing off, man. Just, yeah. Just you know, uh, maybe you're trying to appeal to the ladies. The ladies want a salad and a, and a beer. I mean, maybe that's the, that's the goal. I have here. never sat down with a salad and gone. You know what this needs? Beer. I've never said that. But you know what you do sit down with. Seafood and poultry. Seafood and poultry. Basically any meat or actually, because we are basically Ron Swanson. Yes. As we covered in whichever episode that was. I think used. it was episode one and he yeah. only drinks whiskey or bourbon or whatever it is. So anyway. I could be wrong. I haven't watched Parks and Rec in been right. days. Okay. So here I we smell go. this. And it smells really good. It smells it reminds me of the flesh and blood is what it reminds me it of. It has a citrusy kind of thing going on. So for sure. So here we go. This is uh, Big Wave from Kona Brewing in Colorado and Hawaii. Here we go, Hawaii by way of Colorado. Okay, it's light. It, you can taste the citrus in it. Yeah, there's for sure the citrusy thing going on. The uh, website says it uses two different kinds of hops,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Galaxy hops, which I don't, I couldn't find what that meant. <laughs> And then citra hops, which I'm going to assume is a citrusy yeah. ingredient. And, and I I mean, it looks like your standard ale. Like you would just the color of it. it's got that got that nice yellow. It's very like ale. Like breakfast juice. Yeah, like a like a not orange I wanna, juice, I but like a, good with eggs. Maybe you know, so, you know I, how women do like brunch and mimosas? We could do like women's version of brunch with eggs and beer. Wouldn't that be in the men's version? That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Good catch. Good catch. I know it says it's a citrusy thing, and I'm gonna, what I'm about to say isn't going to sound citrusy, but it tastes a little bit like grape juice. I could go with that. Yeah. Like not. It's not like overpowering. It's not like bam grape juice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's really it's a, that's a subtle subtle touch there. So, um, Rick, I guess I'll start smooth, with you. Smooth brew, inspired by what what makes Hawaii great. Catch a wave. I don't so, know if that makes Hawaii great or not. Hey, make Hawaii great again. Um, <laughs> all right, Rick. So, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Actually, I'm not gonna go out on a limb. This is a this is a good beer. I, I would drink this. I would possibly buy it again. But I'm gonna have to give it three and a half. It just doesn't have anything that is like wham for me. Yeah, I'm uh I'm actually going to come in under that, I think. I'm going to give it 3. Okay? Um like you said, it's not a te- it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um I would potentially I would be interested to see what else Kona has. Yeah. Um maybe if it's just this the style isn't my my thing or something like that. It's not bad. Um but it doesn't make me it just doesn't make me go Man, that is really good. Yeah, like the uh, the one from Creature Comforts. The Classic City? The Classic City Lager. That was a good one. Yeah, it was surprisingly good. Because I, I seriously considered stopping on the way home from work the other day. It, so I went to the package store the other day. Yeah. And, um, Don't tell anybody. Especially the church folks. Um, so I went to the package store the other day to pick up some beer. And they had, they had a 12-pack of Classic City. And nice. I was like... And it was in, you know, the it was in the the boxes that look like coats, the the design of a coat, oh, like cardboard the box? Yes, nice. it was in one of those, and I was like, I really want to get that, but I didn't. I, okay. um, I just we'll I got, have to discuss which package store that was because I might be stopping on the way. Home. Okay, we'll you do right? we'll do that off the air. Yeah, off the air. So, so, I mean, three might be a little too low. I don't know if I can go all the way to three and a half. I'll yeah. just I'll stay at three. Stay at three. That's fair enough. I mean, I'm gonna get a three and a half because I do like it. It I is like it good. too. It's just not as good. And, I, and this might be the issue that we're going to find ourselves running into the more episodes we do. Um, I find it myself comparing these beers to other beers I've had. And I mm-hmm. gave the Classic City Lager four and a half. Yeah. And like four and a half off the, off the start. Yeah. From the very beginning. Um, I don't know if I could, I think that's going to be my, le- the standard that I'm going to have. Yeah. Going forward. Um. You don't want to give it a five. I don't want to give anything I mean, you, a five. To, because once know. we once we reach that, it's kinda of like, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> no way, man. We gotta find more fives. That's the goal is to the goal is to search for the fives. Well, the goal right now is to find any fives. That's true. True. We haven't found a five yet. Yep. So if you're a brewing company out there and you think you have a five, we will gladly take submissions. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's 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 a good beer. Um Maybe if I had some seafood or, or poultry, mm-hmm. you know, chicken Here, or whatever. Here's the way I would think about it. If I went to a party and it was a bunch of people and they had multiple types of beer and I saw this one and I have now had this one, I would go, I'm probably going to at least drink one of those because I remember it depends having it. It depends on what the other beers are, though. Yeah, I mean, it would depend. If your go-to is sitting there. Yeah, but it, see, that's the thing, though, like, When I go to places, I don't drink my go-to. I'm weird like that. Because if somebody else is going to give me beer to try for free and I don't have to pay for it... You're going to try... I'm going to try stuff that I wouldn't typically pay for. Because what I may discover is that I found something that I like that I am willing to pay for. Right. But I didn't have to pay to try it. Right. I would be willing to pay for this one. I probably would, too. If I were in a store and I were like, man... I need something citrusy, that says it's from Hawaii, but is actually made in Colorado. So, is it like made in Colorado, made and bottled in Colorado, and then shipped to Hawaii? I don't know. It says it says brewed and bottled by Kona Brewing, Fort Collins, Colorado. So I'm gonna. I mean, according to the can, maybe it it ships out from Colorado. Well, uh, all right. So think about like like Apple products. They're American made because all the engineers who design Apple products live in America. Okay. But they're all... Everything is assembled in China. Gotcha. Maybe it's like that. Maybe the people in Hawaii are the ones who come up with the, the ingredients and, and all that kind of stuff. hmm And the people in... Which would be... Which honestly would be smart because then you don't have that delayed shipping time from Hawaii to America. That's true. So if they yeah, brew well, it... I Hawaii mean, is in America. Brewing... Uh, I meant mainland America. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Continental United States. Um... Because this was this was bottled on May twenty first, so I mean, just a couple of months ago, this was bottled. But if In this Colorado, came from Hawaii, it may have been a couple. It may be a couple more months older, which right. means it's not as fresh. Right. Okay. So well, there you go. Well, three and, and a half from uh, Rick and uh, Patrick's going to give it a three for now. Um, I and mean, I'm really wrestling with this one. Stick to it, man. Stick to your guns. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay at three. I'm not gonna peer pressure you into three and a half. Nice try. Just like you're not gonna peer pressure me into a three. It's the way it's gonna go. It's the way this is gonna go down. So, Kona Brewing Company, you're gonna get three and a quarter Luthers total average. Averaged from uh, from us for the Big Wave Golden Ale. Um, that's our opinion. That's our. That's our. We'll hear what you s- think. Drink it and tell us what you yeah. think. Go go pick it pick it up. Drink it and tell us what you think. So let's move on to our next subject, which is going to be our continuation of the discussion of J.I. Packers Concise Theology. So let's move into our discussion of the Bible. We are picking back up in J.I. Packers Concise Theology, and this week we are. Starting off with the uh, the idea of God's transcendence. Now, we have already kind of hit on this when we talked about um, God being outside of time, God not being bound by time, and, and God being able to essentially view time, all of time, past, present, and future, as one current, present event. So, uh, when we talk about God's transcendence, we're talking about the nature of God being spiritual, the nature of God being not physical but spiritual um in Isaiah 66 1 it says thus says the Lord heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest and so um though fully personal though God is fully personal he is still spirit he doesn't have a body like we do he doesn't have physical parts like we do Um, he's not bound by time. He's not bound by space. He's not bound by anything. And so from this, we, we can determine, we can say that his self existence is not marked like we are. Um, so the, the personal side of him, as far as like physical person is not bound like we are. Um, and so the, what happens to our bodies, this, the the decay and all that kind of stuff that is because our bodies are marred by sin, or Our bodies are part of creation that was broken at the sin of Adam. Um, all of that happens and that those things don't happen to God because he is transcendence, transcendent. Does that make sense? Yes. So, okay. so this idea of transcendence, um, leads to several things about the characteristics of God, about, um, who he is, the the, the qualities of, of of God. So we've talked about at length. I feel like we can go into it a little bit more here, I guess. Um, how God is not limited by space or time, um, and Packer describes this as his infinity, his immensity, and his transcendence. Yes. Um, so we've talked about how God is. His time, doesn't. The way we view time does not apply to the way God views time. Correct. We view time as on a in a linear way. We we see, you know, beginning beginning of beginning of time in in quotes to end of time. Yes. God sees it all at one time. What's the what's the mathematical when you All right. So, if you have it's a line. God sees it as a line. We see it as a vector. Is it a vector? I guess. Where like a vector has a starting point and then a continuation on to infinity. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's the way we see time. Okay. He but, sees, but God, it. but God sees it. God sees the beginning and the end at the same time. So what we see as a vector is not actually a vector, right? It's like it's like we only get to see part of the vector. Exactly. Okay. Cool. So that's what that's what it makes me think about is like uh, my mathematical brain tells me you know how. We, the way we see it is different from the way God sees it, so we can't justify our view of it as the correct view. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because we're not seeing the full perspective of it. Right. And, and, we, and we would never see the full perspective of it because we are not God. Exactly. God is the only one who can see the full perspective from beginning of time as we know it to end of time as we know it. Correct. Correct. Because when he created remember when when he began creating time was by, a byproduct of his creation yes okay that's why it says in the beginning he created right so so and I would think you know when it says in the beginning he created that would be to man in the beginning God created but at the same time God has always been yeah well God has to be before the beginning in order to create the beginning right. So, but, you know, God, God existed before the beginning as man knows it. Mm-hmm. As we try to understand it. And then in the beginning, God created, and then time was a byproduct of God's creation. Yes. Okay, cool. If you're is to short circuiting, you're not alone. <laughs> All right. Um, the next thing that Packer goes into he talks about how God is immutable. Um, this means that God is totally consistent, He, he is not an X-Man. He is necessarily perfect. <laughs> he cannot change. Um, he can't change for the better or for the worst. Um, and because he is not in time, he is not subject to change as we are, mm-hmm. as humans are. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So so when we think about it, this, this again is really hard for a a finite mind to understand and so there is a certain level of mystery that we're talking about here and and we neither of us are saying that we have this figured out Uh, by Um, no means have this figured out and so um i I think it's important when when we talk about when we say things like god is the same yesterday today and forever you know always always grew up in oh god's the same yesterday today and forever god's the alpha and the omega well all that is in the scriptures. So. It is. It's all in the scriptures, and but that's what they're talking about when they say God is the same yesterday, today, and, and and forever. So so there is this thought process that says that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament, that, that something about him changed. And so you – and the, they, they argue that in the Old Testament you have God as being a um, judgmental, you know – so they always try to paint as this evil person, this wrathful person because mm-hmm. he's like killing children and slaying genocides and um and they paint him to be this rat and then all of a sudden in the New Testament you have this like compassionate, kind, gentle, you know, Jesus that comes along and he's all hippie and socialist according to these these same folks. Um I don't think Jesus <laughs> would, would have been a hippie, but Oh he definitely would have been a hippie. <laughs> I mean okay. the, the long hair and the sandals, are you kidding me? You're not <laughs> wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. All right. So we just so, clarified Jesus is a hippie. All right. It's where we. It's where we're going on here on the beers and Bible podcast. Um, but they. So they argue that there is. I mean, there's some people that even go as far as to argue like that's two completely different gods. That's how much it's there's there's a difference in him. Yeah. Um. And and you just if you hold to a view of scripture that says all of scripture is God breathed, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And all of it is is for correction, for rebuke, for training in righteousness. All of that. Then you have to say there is no difference, there is no change, there is the exact same God. He exists infinitely. Mm-hmm. Now, what that makes you recognize is that the God of love and the God of compassion is also the God of wrath and the God of mir- uh, and the God of justice. Right. So he is equally and fully justice. In as much as he is equally and fully compassion, right? I think about it in, in the Old Testament how God was constantly pursuing his people mm-hmm. even when they were choosing to worship other gods or um, serving false idols or um, wanted to do things their own way. Mm-hmm. And God was patient and I feel like he was kind with them in the Old Testament in much the same way that Jesus was kind to the people he interacted with in the New Testament. Yeah, well here here's the here's the important distinction that we have to understand especially as New Testament Christians. The Romans 6 tells us the wages of sin is death. Okay? So when Adam sinned, God was fully appropriate to say you're dead. Completely, He could have wiped him out right then and there. And started over. And started over. That is that is fully within his justice to be able to do that. So, the, the, the reality that there are still living people, physically living people, is a testimony to the mercy and the grace of God. Yeah. And also, like, so in that example, it, it says in Genesis that immediately after Adam and Eve their sin has been found out, God slaughters a a lamb, I would I think is what Genesis says. I don't or it may just say makes clothes for them mm-hmm. from the skins of animals. Yeah. But it's immediately God covers their shame, yeah. From their nakedness mm-hmm. out of compassion and love for them. Well he, and that's exactly exactly right. And even look at the like take it a step further, but Uh, Hebrews tells us that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. So there can be no covering without the shedding of blood. Right. So that animal had to die so that they could be clothed physically. Mm -hmm. Something has to die so that we can be, we can have righteousness imputed to us spiritually. And that person was Christ. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Let's keep, let's keep diving into this thing. Um, when we talk about, um, the further transcendence of God, let's talk a little bit about the impassibility of God. Um, this is, this is an interesting one because we, we want to say, uh, we describe God as, as words like even God describes himself. I am a jealous God. So he describes himself in terms of feelings, but because he is not like us, as far as physical, he doesn't have feelings like us. So when we say that God is impassable or the impassibility of God, we're not saying that God does not feel. We're saying that God does not have feelings like we have feelings. Right. All of his feelings are pure and right. So when he's jealous, he is 100% infinitely justified in his jealousy. When he's angered or when he's wrath, when he has wrath, he is... pure in his wrath. Does that make sense? Not really. But again, like we've talked about before, if everything about God made sense, Mm -hmm. then worshiping God would be a a pointless endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're not saying that he is unfeeling, but what we're saying is his feelings should not be paralleled to our feelings. Right. Does that make sense? So... It's, it's like a, I don't even know of a good analogy to give. Other than, than maybe, alright, maybe this one will work. So, when a parent gets mad at their child, the child will respond and say, well, you don't love me. No, that's not true at all. It's because I love you that I'm doing this. So, the child doesn't understand the feelings of the parent they don't understand the, the depth of the love that the parent has that would lead them to do something like correct them and rebuke them and discipline them. But the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you understand right? how that parent feels that way. Now, that's that's, that's our job. That's our sanctification process that we should be going through as Christians. The more we grow, the more we see this, the more we try to understand, but we'll never get to the point of fully understanding the feelings of God until we're glorified in, in glory. Once we're done right. with this this physical body, so what you're saying is, and the close exa- example you have there is that when a parent says, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you when they're disciplining mm-hmm. their child, and mm-hmm. the child's like, well, I'm physically hurt because you're wearing me out right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they are, they. They would likely never understand that until they're much older, anyway. Yeah, or or even even really until they have children. They have children, own. and they have to discipline their own children. So so yeah, uh, so yeah. That's a that's a little bit about God's impassibility. Um, now the 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 rest of this, the what Packer spends on, <clears throat> really kind of brings everything back full circle. So he talks about um, the thoughts and actions that involve God um, and how. And, and we're really going to get into the thoughts and actions of God in just a minute. When we and I, I think I might just save this for just a minute when we talk about what God actually knows. What does what does God actually know? And 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 when you talk about that, you're talking about His omniscience. Um. And so we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that section of of Packer here for just a second because we're going to talk about omniscience in just a second. So give us the last one. Okay. Yeah. The okay. Packer talks so, about. Um. So. Packers uh, talks about how the God who is spirit, which is the God we worship, must be worshiped in spirit and truth, mm-hmm. as Jesus says in John. Um, now, when he says in spirit, that doesn't mean um, like in a spiritual way or um, with this like fake Spirituality. You mean he's not talking about doing hot yoga? No, he's not. <laughs> um, yoga in general yoga. Is, is just not a... Anyway, so... Um, but when he says in spirit, this means from a heart renewed by the Holy Spirit. So, um, this means that no outward um, actions, no rituals or body movements or raising of your hands or swaying or... or devotional formalities can even constitute worship without the involvement of the heart. So if you, if your heart's not in it, then there's no way that you're, you're not even worshiping the God that you are saying you're worshiping. It's true. Um, and, and I can't, I can't, there's a, there's an article that's gone around recently, um, talking about several, uh, popular level. Worship leaders and pastors who have, uh, for, for lack of a better term, apostatized from the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know I can think of just off the top of my head in the last 30 days, you got, uh, Marty Sampson from Hillsong. You've got Joshua Harris. You've got, um, there was another one. It seems like I know those two have kind of been the, the, mm-hmm. the topic of discussion recently. Um, and this guy, um, is it John Cooper? John Cooper. John Cooper from Skillet basically lays it out there, and he's like, you know, the reason these guys are doing this thing is because it was never in their heart. Like, they were, for whatever reason
1: or for whatever
0: purpose, it was almost a prideful self-glorification that they were in their roles anyway, right? They, they were, were pursuing fame or, fame or fortune yeah. or uh, you know, an audience to, to be in front of, and I think as if you're a worship leader or a preacher or a speaker or whatever it is you are, um, you have to check yourself daily at least, but maybe even more often than that. Yeah. To make sure that you're not, that your motives are where they need to be. Um, in the article, John Cooper says something about how, um, oh, how do you put it? He talking about worship in general and how, um, you have worship leaders or preachers who are quote unquote speaking the truth mm-hmm. without having any of the truth in them yeah well they i mean they're they're you can it's it's almost impossible for us to judge a person's motives humanly speaking right so you know it's it's it is impossible for me to know that is what's in that person's heart right only only God truly knows that now. What I can say is that that the actions that that person takes will eventually reveal what is in their heart, at some point in time, right? right. Um, and so, so you know, you end up with these guys like I'm trying to think of guys who I mean pastors who have, who have fallen by the wayside recently. Um, Joshua Harris is obviously the the first example that I can think of, but but these the common denominator from all of these guys seems to be that the ministry they were doing didn't provide them fulfillment. And and so what you end up with is you see that they're looking for their fulfillment in their ministry, not in Christ. And so they're right. not they're, they're worshiping find- God in spirit and in truth. Right. They're finding their identity in their audience or how much money their ministry brings mm-hmm. in or um Whatever, whatever they get out of it, but they're not finding their identity. They're not finding their ful- fulfillment in the person of Jesus. Right, right. And and I was I was reading this commentary just the other day, um, and this guy was uh, he was talking about John the Baptist and and the way that John the Baptist really deferred, uh, really deferred a lot of stuff to to Jesus. And and if we were if we were to have a modern day John the Baptist, it would almost be like. Uh, a pastor who says man you guys need to leave my church and go to that other church down the road because uh that person has has more anointing for god or whatever you know however you want to say that right but it's like it would be because john was a rabbi and he had disciples he had a lot of disciples because Mm -hmm. uh in in john chapter one we learn about these religious leaders who were like hey man are you the messiah because you're you're really causing a stir you're really you have all these disciples you're proclaiming this message of repentance and faith and 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 uh, and all the signs of the Messiah. Yeah, he had he had a lot of the signs of the Messiah. So they're they're questioning. They're like, "Hey, man, are you this guy?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. You don't need to look at me. I'm not even worthy to to untie his sandal straps." Right. You know. And and then you keep going down, and you you find that that John the Baptist actually tells his disciples to go follow Jesus, which would have been, I mean, that was, I mean, that's like, that's like a business giving business to another. Business, you know, being like, no, you don't need to buy your car from our car lot. You need to go down the street and buy it from that other car lot. They have a better deal. you know? it's the <laughs> same exact car or whatever. But yeah, it's the same car and it's the same price or whatever, whatever it is. And so, so this uh, this is a comment uh, from this commentary that I read, and it's given by a guy named Bruce Milne. I think it's how you say it: M I L N E. Bruce Milne, um, and it says, at a time when public trust in Christian leaders is at an all-time low the world is in desperate need of preachers who are prepared to mortgage their personal ambitions and popularity out of a consuming concern for Jesus's preeminence and the advance of his cause by whatever human instrument. Hmm. And, and I, you know, in a day where, where really and truly Christianity is marred by this consumeristic, materialistic mentality, Mm -hmm. you I mean what we what we're talking about here in in this this idea of worshiping God in spirit and in truth is is something that says you know like John the Baptist says in John chapter 3 he must become greater and I must necessarily decrease he must increase I must decrease and so he's pointing constantly to Christ right and that's what a heart that worships in spirit and in truth will do right is it will constantly point to Christ yeah, it's um. I think it's so sad how in a lot and I feel like we're digressing a little bit, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but the you know there's so many churches, in our. In our, culture today, that are focused on getting as many people in, or bringing in the most money, or going to plant the most, churches in a third world country or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if the church down the street is doing the exact same thing, we, we, we have this idea that that church is the enemy. Yeah. Like we've got to get to the point where like the church down the street, that's preaching the same gospel, that's, um, doing the same or similar great things for God that your church is doing is no different than your church. And in fact, you're on the same team. So how can you partner together instead of. We're going to let them do their thing, and we're going to do our thing, or you know, we're going to try to take their people. I think that's it's, a question for the leadership of the two churches. Yeah, you know, how can we? But the, the reality is, how can churches better partner together? What can they do to better partner together? I think is is what it means to to be the essence of worshiping in spirit and in truth. Yeah, because spirit and truth acknowledges, hey, this is not about me. This is not about What I want. This is not about us building our platform. This is not about us setting up ourselves. This is about one and only one thing, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's where I mean that's where a lot of churches need to get to. So um, that's a that's a that's a digression that that we could spend really all day on. So let's let's move on. Let's go on to to God's omniscience. Right. Let's talk about how God sees and God knows. And Proverbs 13, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. It's 15, 3. 15, dude, you I, said 15. I did. You say said 15. 13, thir- thir- I don't know what you said. I don't know what I said. What it wasn't right. 15, three. Yeah. Proverbs you know. 15, 3. Um, and so when we talk about uh, the omniscience of God, we're talking about this reality that God knows everything. Um, the. God doesn't just have knowledge of some things. He doesn't just have knowledge of the choices that have been made. Um, Because if you say that God exists outside of time, then you have to say that God knows every decision of time from beginning to end. Does that make sense? A little bit, yeah. So, (laughs) um, So, yeah, he knows, God knows everything about everyone who has ever lived, from the beginning from Adam and Eve to now mhm who's and so he knows everything about everyone who's ever lived is currently living and ever and will ever live yes he knows about every event that has ever happened that's currently happening and ever will happen and he also knows about everything that could have ever happened you molinist <laughs> right <laughs> and he knows every possible event could happen, or couldn't happen. Yes, or ever will happen, or ever won't happen. Saint Anselm called him the greatest. Uh, was it the greatest conceivable being? And he has <laughs> all of this knowledge accessible to him. All the time. All the time. Yeah, he's not. He's not like a a computer with uh, RAM. Right. It's not like God goes to. The desktop of his memory and picks out the folder from 1997 in January 1997. Like desktop would look like it, it would, would be so cluttered. You have no <laughs> idea. But he doesn't go to like January 1997 to see what baby was born in Colorado yep. Springs. He like he knows every single thing that has ever happened. Um, he has immediate recall of everything. And that, like, that's, I think that's, and it's really, that's, that's even, that's not justifiable. Like, it's not really recall to him. It's completely 100% accessible to him at all times. Right. It's not like he has to think about it for a minute. Yeah. Or be like, oh, let me, uh, oh, that, that's what it is. Like yeah. When he, when he asks when you, when, if you asked him who was born in Denver in January 1997, he'd be like, what day, what hospital yeah, he would come back uh, you with, with more questions. What room? What room? room? <laughs> what room? <laughs> so uh, so what you're saying is that God would beat James Holtzauer on Jeopardy? God would destroy <laughs> James Holtzauer on Jeopardy. Because <laughs> God would answer the question before he asked for the He'd thing. Be like, Alex, I'll take all of them immediately for all of money. And here's Here are all, all the answers. answers. Yes. And yes. all of the questions that you're going to ask me. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> so what if God played Jeopardy? Sounds like the title of a book we could write. Anyway, <laughs> that would um, be awesome. So, so, so this knowledge that God has is linked directly to His sovereignty. Yes, um, and we're going to talk about sovereignty in a minute. Um, but God knows everything um, in it, not only in the things in the thing itself, mm-hmm. but also in its relation to all other things, because He created, sustained, and now makes it function. Every single moment, right? According to his plan for that thing. Mm-hmm. So the the verse that pops in my mind, and Packer Packer references the same verse as Ephesians one eleven, which says, "In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will." So when you talk about that, you're I don't I don't want you to focus on the word predestination or predestined there. What, what I want you to hear is that God is the one who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So his will is what determines what happens in the world. And right. that's, where, that's where you link his omniscience to his sovereignty. So his will, which is full of all knowledge at all time, of all things, of everywhere, of as many every's as we can add to it, is the one that is counseling. And, and you know, when you, when you talk about the council of someone, when you talk about a council, you talk about a group of people who are supposedly wise and, and are informed and know how to integrate all of this information to make a decision. Like that's what you think about when, or at least that's what I think about when I think of a council. And so the council of his will is, is informed by all knowledge of all time of everything ever going for. and, And, and that's what, and so that's why we say that he is the source of wisdom and he is the source of knowledge and, and he is omniscient. That's why we say those things. And because we say those things, we end up talking about what we call God's sovereignty, which is the reality that God reigns. And so, um, Packer, Packer introduces this with Daniel four thirty four, and it says at the end of time, I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Which I think is kind of funny that Nebuchadnezzar went insane and, and what brought back his sanity was raising his asteroid. Anyway, Anyway, um, then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion and his eternal dominion. I'm sorry, his dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. So you have Nebuchadnezzar, which, I mean, you talk about. The, what's happening in Nebuchadnezzar? You've got uh, Daniel, or not Daniel? You've got Sherech, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, oh, no, you have Daniel too. Um, Daniel in the lions' den. You have Sherech, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. All of these things are happening, and 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 it all it, like those events really drive Nebuchadnezzar to insanity because he doesn't understand them. But when he looks at God and when he acknowledges the sovereignty of God, that's when his insanity becomes sanity. Right. So when you're when you're talking about um, the sovereignty of God, you're talking about His uh, complete dominion in creation, providence, and 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 that grace is a basic and biblical concept, and should and, and what we what we see is grace. So we need to see everything as grace, um, and we need to acknowledge that. I mean, even our life is a grace from God. And that should result in the praise and glory of God. Right. Because he's, because of his sovereignty, because of his sovereignty, because he's reigning on his throne. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a nail on the head. Um, there's several passages throughout scripture that have, um, these visions of God on, on his throne or a throne, Mm -hmm. um, just all throughout scripture, just, some examples here. It's going to be First uh, Kings twenty-two, Isaiah six, Ezekiel one, Daniel seven, Revelation, uh, a couple different places in Revelation, and then in Psalms quite a bit. Yeah, um, one of the one of the big ones is Psalm ninety-three, um, and it's just, I mean, it's it's basically just this this litany of things mm-hmm. that that God has control over. And, and the last verse of Psalm 93 says, your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. So when you, when you think about the decrees of God, you think about all the things that God says this is going to happen. Right. From eternity. From the beginning. From in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. From that decree and even what's before that. To the end and everything that will happen after the end. Right. Sorry, my brain's bumping. <laughs> so. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the sovereignty of God. Um, And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it is a, it is a difficult, difficult thing to process through. It really is. All right, so to let's complicate things a little bit. Okay. I know we're getting close. Probably need to be wrapping it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's complicate things a little bit. So, okay. God is sovereign, sitting on the throne, mm-hmm. and everything that ever has or ever will happen mm-hmm. is a product of his will, right? Yet, we as humans have free will. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? How do you rectify that? You know, um... It may, it may sound a little bit cliche, but I will, I will go back to the words of Charles Spurgeon when he says the basically the same question is, is posed to him. And he says, why should I reconcile friends? And, and so when you think about it, it's the, the analogy that I always hear is that you have God's sovereignty and man's responsibility as the two tracks of a train. Okay. Okay. And if you have this train track going s- completely straight off into the horizon, okay, it looks like way, way off in the distance that those two train tracks come together. Right. Okay. Just because of the way the earth is curved and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that, but I mean, even if the earth was flat, I'm not saying the earth is flat, but even if the earth was flat, the further it would go out, even looking at it straight, oh yeah, it. Still, it would still look like because you can our, our eyes can only see so far, but the further it gets away, the closer they get together. Right. Okay, yeah, so yeah, it yeah. looks like they they come together at some point, and 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 the the metaphor of that is we don't understand it, but we're riding this track, and we know that when we get there, we'll see how the two work together. That's the, that's the, the two work together somehow. Right. We don't have to understand it, but we do have to recognize that the two work together. And so, how do we reconcile God's sovereignty and man's responsibility? I don't know. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not going to pretend like I have read enough books to even begin to think about knowing the answer to that. But, but the reality is, is God sovereign and completely and totally in control of all things? Yes. Does man have free will, the ability to choose? Yes. And and what we have to remember though is that our will, our free will, is bent and broken by sin. Right. Okay. So, which God cannot have, or can't, which doesn't interfere with God because God is sinless. God is sinless. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to process out loud. I'm going to let you go on down your heretical train no. here. <laughs> No, it's, so so, we we are bent and broken by sin. What that means is that nothing in us, like like Romans tells us, like Psalm fifty three tells us, no one seeks after God because our will is bent and broken. Our freedom is bent and broken. The only thing that is that can repair that in, that bent and broken will that is free, is God's sovereignty. God has to come in and say. I'm going to fool, I'm going to fulfill the law that you can't because you're bent and you're broken. I'm going to be the sacrifice that you can't because you're bent and you're broken. And I'm going to be the one who makes you straight again. And so so we when we look at the, when we look at it that way we we say yes, we acknowledge that we are we are free, but God has to be the one that changes us from our old nature and puts us in a new nature with with christ and he does that through his sovereignty got it that makes sense yeah <laughs> that was convincing wasn't it hey the big wave is pretty good i'm still at three and a half though yeah i'm gonna stay at three okay that's fair enough i made that i made that bed an hour ago i'm gonna stay is he gonna stay there that's yeah. fair enough that's fair enough so we have we have really hit into some some heavy stuff today, and 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 I've got a little newsflash for you. It's only going to get heavier. <laughs> yeah. If you if you thought uh, the first couple episodes of concise theology were were uh, difficult to swallow, buckle up. Yeah, because it. I mean, we're just a just a little little foreshadow here of where we're going. We're going to hit God's almightiness. We're going to hit Predestination. That'll we're be fun. Hit, yeah, that's a good one. We're going to hit the Trinity. We could do an entire, like, series of podcasts on the Trinity. Yeah, we Just could. Just alone. Yeah. It would take a lot of beer to get through the Trinity. We're not, we're not going to. We're <laughs> going to try to get it done in one. So, as the old SBC preacher would say, buckle your pew belts.
1: I have about never heard an
0: SBC preacher say that. <laughs> no, you're not going to the right <laughs> SBC guess, churches. I'm in guess. the wrong SBC churches. So from us here at the Beers and Bible Podcast, we want to thank you for uh, staying in tune with us. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this discussion. Um, we know that it can get deep at times, but but it's a, it's a good discussion to have, and we enjoy having this conversation. Where can they find us on the social media, Patrick? Okay, so if you are an Instagrammer, if that's your main, or if you just have an Instagram, I guess, uh, you can find us on Instagram at... Beers and Bible underscore follow us. Follow us there. Bi- Interact. We'll, Bi- we'll message you. Maybe if we if one of us remembers to do it. Thank you for following. <laughs> um, if you are a Twitterer, uh, we are on Twitter at Beers and Bible P One. That's it. Does that sound right? Beers and Bible P One. Okay. Yep. That's it. We'll we'll do some stuff there. You can email us at beersandbible at gmail Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com that's it there we go everything's spelled exactly like normal people would spell it hey look send us beer suggestions yeah if we can get it we'll try it or if you want to send it to us we can uh, again email us and we'll get Hamlet, we have no emails zero emails <laughs> that was anticlimactic <laughs> as all get out sorry about yeah. that guys so yeah. no emails so please email us beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com Make sure we're telling them right. Click, Beers. click on that up there. Beers and Bible. podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Email us there. Make us feel yep. loved. <laughs> we just want to interact with somebody is Please. really all we want to do. <laughs> maybe we should put this on the front end. Which maybe we, we should. We maybe do, I will. Maybe I'll put this and put it on the front end. What's well, it's in the intro already. That's true. So, if they're making it through the intro, then they there should go. be hearing that. Okay. okay. So, anyway. Hey. hey we Have a great week. We made it halfway to 10. We did. Episodes. We are five years old. What? No, we're not. We're five episodes old. Five episodes old. If this was one episode a year, that would be... That would be weird. People that, would definitely not listen. No, I wouldn't listen. But anyway, hey, we want you to have a great week. Enjoy some beer. Um, and we will catch you next time on the Beers and Bible podcast.
1: You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.